Hello and welcome to Randstad Technologies Podcast. I'm David Hickenbottom and you're listening to RTP. Today, Richard and I are joined by Paolo Gotchkray, Senior Manager of Data Science at Air New Zealand. Hello, how are you? My name is Paolo Gotchkray. I'm currently the Senior Data Science Manager at Air New Zealand. I have been around for a bit, so I had so many new names and whatever that people call me from Chief Data Science to analyst or engineer and so on and so forth. So I'm just a guy that had been around playing with data and technology for quite a long time. Hey, um, uh, one thing I uh, I wanted to ask you, what's the most exciting data project you've ever worked on so far? Wow, this is a good question. I think the most exciting was to see the power of power people to make decisions based on data. We had a very big project at my time at the tax department, yeah. and we actually built up what we call the compliance management environment. That essentially was every single transaction that would come to the department was assessed nightly. In the morning was, if you should pay the tax, you'd pay the tax. If you shouldn't pay the tax, you'd find your way through. And yeah. the bill of that was not only the complexity, yeah. but was seeing the transformation of having every single person in the department working collaboration, using the thing that was done together yeah. with the power of the data that was able to see. And that, that had a huge impact on, on our customer experience, because yeah. as you can imagine, the customer would receive what they needed to receive pretty quickly, and that helped the society a lot. And I was very proud, not because of the data, yeah. because of the transformation that happen because of that project. Also, I can imagine a project like that, that basically affects everyone in New Zealand. Everyone in New Zealand. Awesome. Everyone individually and open up so many other opportunities. Now, as you know now, yeah. New Zealand is in a big transformation project. I can't claim that was because of that project only, Yeah. but that project was the beginning of the whole transformation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. What do you do in the weekends? I play football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> soccer, football, or, f- or footy? Mm, soccer, football, oh, yeah, and I awesome. play volleyball as well. And essentially, I'm a, I'm a sporty guy. I do that because I was not good enough to play sports professionally. <laughs> My awesome. dad told me that I was smarter to study than play. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we're just lucky in New Zealand that you chose data. <laughs> <laughs> So the first question, what's a data scientist, what's a data engineer, and how are these two related? I'm very keen to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think I should start with what is data science. And the reason for that is because I have a very particular way of defining that. Not only me, there are people in Google and other people that follow the same approach. But my definition is the scientific method of transforming data in business value. And that's a very important part because the science represents the methodology that you use. And the business values like doing data for the sake of doing data mm-hmm. is a toy example. Building data science to support decisions and transform business and add value, that's the real deal. So the science is where you use all the methodology and experimentation that you need to have, as well as the engineering. So if you define data science like that, then you see data scientists and data engineers as one of the roles that plays in the spectrum of transforming data in business value. So the data science side of that, obviously, is how you can transform data and support decision. And sometimes people confuse that is math or stat is not about that. Sometimes X plus Y equals Z is enough to solve a business problem. 
So your job is not to complicate. So your job is to simplify yeah. and focus on the decision that you are supporting. Yeah. The engineering part is as important as you can imagine because mm -hmm. if you build a very complex model and you don't deploy it, you are done. There is a big difference between being a data engineer and being, for example, an ETL developer. I'm not talking about the ETL developer or yeah. people that transform data. I'm talking about people that actually define the best data structure and the best pipeline yeah. to get the value out of that. So yeah. if you need to build a real-time ingestion mm -hmm. and using a cache database to respond in milliseconds, yeah. that's a job of a data engineer. In my current company, if you need to use a graph database, because actually we are dealing with transport, you need mm -hmm. to be comfortable with graph databases. Yes. So it's not about I'm a data engineer because I know how to write write a Scala code. Mm -hmm. I'm a data engineer because I know how to build the best pipeline and use the best database to get what I want. And same thing with the scientific method. If you don't follow that, if you don't build, if you don't work together, put those guys to work together, yeah. you are not able to close the loop. You are not able to experiment and so on and so forth. So I think that's the main difference. I used to have all of them in my team. Yeah, yeah. So those labels are a bit funny for me because yeah. I go, this is just people doing stuff to transform that in business value. Obviously, some areas you need more software engineering skills than the other ones. Some you need more math. But in my previous team, I had like, we used to speak 28 different languages to have 80 different backgrounds, from yeah. criminologists, psychologists to engineers, computer yeah. science, and so forth. So they are different, but they are part of the same pipeline. And the most important part is the pipeline itself. You just quickly mentioned ETL and ETL developers mm -hmm. or data warehouse developers, yeah. or you, sorry, you mentioned ETL developers yeah. specifically. Do you think there's a lot of confusion there in the market? Yes. And don't get me uh, from an arrogant point of view, but uh, the science is important. So being a computer science, you need to build what you need to build. The difference with IT guys is like, I go and use this software to write this code to transform and put it in a warehouse. That is part of the equation, but it's not the main part. So in that sense, being a, a data science, I need to understand that the data is drifting, Therefore, in my ETL pipeline, I need to realize when the data is drifting to trigger me to know that my mod is not going to work. So it's a it's similar things. Mm -hmm. That's the bill of being old, that you see people labeling <laughs> so many different things. Like yeah. In the 90s, 80s, I used to start, uh, yeah, 90, late 1980s, I was building that warehouse. At that time, you used to be covered analytical people and was doing that warehousing that was important for that time that was the main problem was the data integration problem yeah so we still use the same things but you add way more on top of that if mm -hmm. you are just building things to transform and put in a study schema yeah using a specific technology this is not that engineering because it should be able to go actually I'm not going to put in a style schema because the style mm -hmm. schema is not going to give me the performance that I want. Yeah. There are things that I need to do that doesn't relational data would never be able to do. It's like, imagine you be building Facebook using a relational database. You, yeah. you never do that. So that's the difference between being an ETL developer and being a data engineer. The yeah. data engineer goes that I reuse the same thing that I have done in ETL, but I need to do way more than that. Is BI still of this this time? BI, BI ETL development? It, it's going to always be there. Because yeah. at the end, when you publish your data set, might be that you are publishing a BI report. Yeah. And again, it's like you are not that you are not doing data science. You just mm -hmm. build a report. But if you build a report that is actually 
take in consideration the human in the loop, the mm. person that's going to make the decision, and, and you are correcting mm. the decision. If the guy click it, this button, that is a reason because he click it. Yeah. I need to capture that yeah. because I'm going to use that to refit my model to go. Actually, the most important feature is those ones, yeah. not that ones. Yeah. So that's the it's more this. That's why I was meaning about the scientific method. Mm. It's like you need to think from a science point of view, from an experimentation point of view, from a methodology point of view, yeah. not from my task point of view, because it's not in, anymore the task. Yeah. So in in regards to a data scientist, and you're you're saying right, sometimes the mathematical solution is not too difficult, or not actually you need to simplify it. From a from a educational perspective, there's lots of discussion around you know how educated does this does a data scientist needs to be? Do they need to have a PhD mm -hmm. or is a master's or bachelor? Is that enough? What do you think? So there are different levels inside of the data science world, yeah. uh, and some people start to call that like you are a machine learning guy or you're a researcher. Yeah. So what they mean by that is like if you are gonna build a new algorithm to solve a big solution, obviously, you need to have a strong math background. Probably you have a PhD. Yeah. Probably you have done a lot of research to understand when it's time to stop and, and yeah. pivot and so on and so forth. Yeah. But there are so many other areas that you need to know how to use it. You need to know what the thing does. You don't need to build from scratch. Yeah. And it's, it's very similar to what happened with software engineering that When I was graduating, no one came to me and said, learn Java. No, I build the bloody compilers. Yeah. That was my time. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, not many people need to know how to build a compiler, but you need to know how you do with the, with the program language to understand that your compiler is not going to be able to compute that. Yeah. So that's there are different roles yeah. in the spectrum. I think that... Now, to answer your question nowadays, when I'm thinking about data science, I think in three different levels. Mm -hmm. It's like, do I have a model that is doing good? Yeah. Do I have data that is going to allow me to build? Do I have computation? When I think about how I'm going to solve problems, I'm always playing with these three things. The reason for that is simple. Uh, last year, 2018, so... Two years ago, yeah. Two years, uh, ago. Two years yeah. ago, we we used to do a lot of NLP, a lot of natural language processing, uh, using statistics, whatever, whatever, whatever. And the yeah. whole thing was hard to be done. So you need to study crazily to understand how you do things, create new algorithms. Yeah. Then came deep learning, the whole transfer learning in space. Yeah. So which means that now we can reuse a model that was trained by Google or Facebook. Mm -hmm. And what I need to know, I don't need to know 100 what the model does. I need to know how it was built. I need to know what the model does, how I can tweak the model mm -hmm. to actually get the result. Yeah. So in that sense, you don't need to have a PhD to use Google Bert, for example. Yeah. But you need to have background, you need to understand Python, you need to understand how to deploy the things yeah. to actually generate the value. Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of saying that you need to have a PhD. Yeah. Having said that, in yeah. my team, yeah. I always fund PhDs, masters. I, I'm always bringing students because it's part of the journey. Some people have that will. I had the will yeah. of going up to the PhD. You don't need to go. Yeah. And more and more is going to be like that. It's like, yeah. if you know how to use, you are good. Yeah. Okay? Did yeah. I answer? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense, depending on where you are with your business and whether the models have already been yeah. built. It sort of defines of what kind of talent you probably need. And well, the most important thing to understand from data science mm. is a team game. 
Yeah. I was making jokes that I'm old men have been here for 30 years doing mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that I, I've become a learner yeah. all the time. So if, if you bring a guy that has a strong engineering background, he's going to teach you engineering stuff. Yeah. You are not going to be able to learn every single thing. You bring a math guy, the guy's going to have a, a completely different view of you. I had a, a, a moment where I was talking to one of my guys and I was, mate, can you think a bit different? Can you think in a set point of view so talk let's talk set theory instead of your hardcore math because your hardcore math is not sticking with me yeah so we managed to get in a point where we were talking math Mm -hmm. but he is a hardcore math yeah i'm a computer science i'm not a hardcore math i know math but i'm not hardcore so we end up getting the same point and getting the result yeah because you are in the team game no one can understand every single thing it's simple like that it's impossible so it's yeah. about teamwork. Teamwork. If you don't have a team, forget it. Hey, and you already touched upon a little bit on this, the value of data. Mm-hmm. How do you think, what is the best way to go to unlock the value of data? I will be a bit controversial. Don't think about the data. Think about the value that you want to add. Yeah. Start with the business value. Start with the strategy. The business um, problem? The business problem. Mm-hmm. Define the strategy that the business is using. Yeah find the business objectives and go backwards, okay? If you go from the data, you end up complaining later that I build this more than the business not using. Yeah. And you are going to see a lot of people saying that. Yeah. It's hard to do because people don't understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't understand because we start from the data. Data is a product of a process. And many, many, many times I saw people making mistakes of going to the data and not understanding that was a result of a process. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the business made a decision that changed completely the process and it screwed your data. So you you look at the data and say, oh, the data doesn't represent what I want. Yes, because you are not coming from the business side. Yeah. So the most important part is like focus on the business value, focus on the business problem and go into the data. Obviously, the data is important. Because that's what you use. But the most important part is the decision. So you use data to make decisions. You don't use the data. It's like you asked me before about BI. If you are still building BI reports, that's our report. And you get out. I build a report and you get out. You are not in the right place. Mm. You are building a report because you are informing some decisions. Yeah. You want to be able to inform decisions. That's why this whole design thinking, customer centric comes. Like you need to put the right information in front of the right people to help them to make decisions. So it's the same situation. You need to think about your data that you're going to use your data yeah. to support decisions. And at the end, fun enough, a good data scientist fighting to reduce the numbers of features. So at the end, you hate data. <laughs> you only want to have a minimum enough to get the result that you want. So it's not about the data, it's about the decision. Yeah. So it is very important distinction to be made because otherwise people get too much into the data space and forget about the real reason why you are using the data. And so if you would start with a business problem or with the business, right? Or the business question yes. or where do you start? How do you find those business problems? Yeah. This is a, a thing that I have been working crazy with the university, so in curriculum development. Yeah. We forgot a thing called analysis and design. Big word. <laughs> yeah. Those words were... Nowadays, people know how to build 
things, they don't know how to design things. Obviously, you start like that. You need to find something that's important for the business. You need to understand the business. Yeah. You need to sit. Today, I was talking about exactly about that. Mm. The guy said, oh, we're going to build this report. He said, did you sit beside the guy that is using the report? Yeah. If you didn't sit beside him, how you know that he wants to see the charts like that? Yeah. I can tell you, in my previous job, you put an accountant, an investigator that has an accounting background. Yeah. He wants to only see a blurry Excel. Yeah. He doesn't want to see a uh, pretty chart. Yeah. So that's that's the part. So the point is, design thinking has a big role. It's a new name. It's not a new thing. Yeah. No, I like that it. comes comes back from design. So my first paper at university was system analysis and design, mm. where you learn how to come back, design something present three options minimally, yep. one option that you go, this is the minimal, this is the option that I believe in, this is where you invest a lot of money and you get something out of that. Yeah. So those things are very important to start. So if you don't do that, mm. if you try to come from, I know the data and I'm a smart guy that I'm going to solve your problem, there is a great chance of you not being able to deploy that. So you have a data scientist, you have a data engineer, and we'll just keep it simple, we'll keep yeah. it to those two. You start with a business problem. Obviously, then what you just mentioned as well, you sit next to the guy who's using the charge. So ask those questions, yes. right? Does he want to see charge or yeah. does he just want to see like an Excel report or, mm-hmm. you know? But you're also with a data scientist and a data engineer. Is it fair asking these people to develop those type of skills? I'm glad that you asked that question because it's not only fair, is what makes a data science. If you want to build models and that you think that data science that one, you are a model builder and you are not a data science. So there is a very good methodology called CRISPR DM, GM that crosses in this process for data mining, which is simple like that. You start with business understanding. Yeah. After you understand the business, you go and look at the data to have a look if you, the data is matching what the business is understanding. Mm-hmm. Then you enter in, in data preparation where you go, oh, now I'm going to prepare the data to model something. And then you evaluate what's have in front of you. Go back to business understanding. You are always going back to the business understanding. Yeah. And going back to business understanding means a lot of soft skills. There are a lot of things that people don't, again, people are forgetting because they are so mm-hmm. into the technical bits that they forget that sometimes you need to listen. Yeah. If you are going to ask someone about something, business analysis side of the case, so your job is to be listening. People yeah. are going to tell you stuff. It's not your job to tell them what to do. Yeah. You are trying to learn with them what they are what they are doing yeah. to see if you can improve. So it's, I tell that every single day in every single team that I, mm-hmm. that I had the opportunity to coach is yeah. like, if you want to be called a data science, yep. You need to know how to talk to people. You need to know how to build a business process mapping. Mm-hmm. People forget about that. So if you are putting something, you are based on data, and data is based on the process. Yeah. And you are building something that is going to help the decision. You need to understand where you're going to put. You need to understand the process that is going beyond. You need to understand the decision that you're supporting. Yeah. So all those skills. Yeah, the easiest one, I can guarantee to you, yeah. is the building models dealing with the data. This is the easiest one. So if you look then at the, the soft skills, as you yeah. so nicely said, um, and, and let's call them uh, the, the technical skills, what do you think is easier to develop? Technical skills by far, yeah. I might be biased because I have been studying for my whole life, mm-hmm. but especially nowadays, uh, everybody 
ask me this question. What I need to do to become a data scientist? Nowadays, learn Python. That's the minimum. Yeah. If you learn Python, all the other things become... Because why I say you learn Python? Because it's so easy to do. That after you learn, then you learn a bit more about the math. Then you learn a bit more of the... If you don't learn the, the thing that you allow you to do, mm-hmm. then you might not be a good idea. But I personally believe that technical things are easy to teach yeah. and are easy to learn. Yeah. Being in front of someone able to understand what the person, the problem the person is trying to solve yeah. is not a simple thing. You used to call that knowledge acquisition, knowledge engineering. You don't call that anymore. Mm. But that's knowledge engineering was a big topic a long time ago. Uh, sounds like it still is. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So they just call all the stuff. Yeah. But it's very important. If you look at the market currently in New Zealand locally, uh-huh. do you think there's a, a skill shortage overall? There is, but it's not only in New Zealand. Mm. So I've been doing a lot of work with the universities, uh, participating uh, in industry advisor board, mm-hmm. uh, lecturing with with the lecturers or whatever to bring this real world scenario. Yeah. yeah. This is a problem because people are teaching technical stuff. Mm-hmm. They are not teaching the actually what you need to learn. Yeah. So there is a gap over there. Yeah. And there is a classical gap in New Zealand that's very simple to put. It's not to say that New Zealand is not, not the best place in the world. If you are in front of Berkeley mm-hmm. and Harvard yeah. or Stanford, yeah. or, if you are in the Palo Alto, if you are in the Boston area, yeah, yeah. you have very good engineers coming out of the universe every single time. Yeah, We don't have that same thing. So yeah. there are several people, several companies that are trying to raise the profile, mm-hmm. working very close to the universities to help them to bring that part that is... You can't teach this thing anymore. You need to teach this thing, teach those other topics anymore. Yeah. I last meeting that I had with the university, I was actually saying, why you don't teach conceptual models anymore? So people think that now I can, just because it's easy, I can go open a SQL and build a database. Yes. Yeah. What about the conceptual model before? Yeah. If you don't build the conceptual model, how in the world are you going to be able to respond to the question that are conceptual because the business doesn't know about the SQL comments. They know about the concepts that they want to be able to respond. Yeah. And those gaps exist, Mm. okay? And I think that the universities are doing good right now. They are trying. They are listening. They are open industry advisor board. First step, yeah. First step. Uh, I think that the industry has a role to play. I Mm -hmm. think that is my role now. I I got so much of younger people, the youngies and teaching people that I think that's my job now to go then give back. So yeah. I'm going as an industry. I think that's literally the industry job to be with the university to say, let's do projects together. Let's yeah. Don't do a, a toy example at the end of the year. Yeah. Actually do a real example. And Callahan is doing a good job by funding turns and so on and so forth. So yeah, they are. I think yeah. that those the two things, are good things that are happening right now, Yeah. And the gaps are gaps because of obviously we don't have the biggest universities and the much amount of people going out of that. Yeah. Like you are in Palo Alto, Boston. Yeah. But we are very good. Yeah. We're getting there. We are getting there. Yeah. We, we are very good <laughs> in the point that we can, our problems are not Google problems as well. Yeah. 
So yeah. we can be way more flexible than yeah. some engineers in the parallel to area. Yeah, and it, and it sounds like you're looking for a certain amount of consistency in that as well, of, of, of the level of graduates that mm-hmm. are coming out every year, where yep. you're just now saying it goes up and down a little bit in New Zealand, whereas, for example, the areas that you just mentioned is very consistent. Every year you have a, a certain amount of students mm-hmm. that come out that are just solid, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in New Zealand it might fluctuate still a little bit. Yep. So maybe also uh, creating some consistency and that, that starts with the curriculum, yes. right? Probably. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's 100%. And mm-hmm. I'm probably can't mention the names, but there are yeah. at least two universities, <laughs> <laughs> two universities that yeah. I, three, four universities that I know that are creating very good curriculum. Awesome. Right now. One specific curriculum in the AI space. Yeah. Awesome. One specific curriculum in the digital marketing, not anymore. I'm yeah. doing marketing, I'm doing digital marketing. Awesome. That my definition is that actually the hybrid of I'm using marketing concepts but using yeah. data science concepts at the same time. Yeah. Awesome. So there are the the traditional universities are coming and thinking different. Yeah. So it's very good to see how the universities moving. And it's a, it's not everybody so that's yeah. another beauty of being in new zealand we yeah. are small we can change quickly yeah yeah and, and so they are changing awesome to to hear as well that you're trying to give back from from obviously you know your experience and all the experience that you've gained over the over the i just want to thank you uh, for that as well mm-hmm. from sort of the bigger perspective last but not least the future of data in new zealand what do you think i couldn't be more excited about that the simple reason is we need that there is no way backwards. Yeah. Okay. We need, there is a huge energy around, as I said, not only data, it's using data to inform decisions and make good decisions. The second part is you saw with the moving Microsoft and AWS and Google, everybody moving around, is New Zealand is the perfect place. So we have enough to test stuff and you don't have the bigger problems that other countries have. Yeah. As you can imagine, having a problem in the US is not the same thing as having a problem in New Zealand. I can imagine, yeah. So <laughs> dealing with, as I mentioned before, 5 million people, you are actually impacting 5 million people. 5 million people is nothing when you are talking about a US type of scenario. The point that I'm making is like we have the greatest opportunities of innovating and being fast. As a computer scientist, like when I have a problem in front of me, I know that I can solve, I know that I can compute because it's not, I don't need to be extremely fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that I'm going to compute. And I do that. I I don't make jokes. It's like computing is going to be a big thing. And data as well, obviously. And 5 million people generate data is nothing. Yeah, well, compared, coming back to that, um, (laughs) compared to the United States, they've got 328 million people. The problems are bigger. So we are are good. We, We have almost every single thing that we have outside. Yeah. We have something that attracts a lot of people. Yeah. There are two things that attract people, and I have been attracting a lot of people through time. Yeah. Uh, one is like, we are paralyzed. Okay. So we don't have big problems. The second, every single New Zealand goes out and realizes that, oh, I'm going to have my kids' time to go back. Yeah. 
So you have people that goes out, get training in different scenarios and come back with a lot of knowledge. Yeah. And you have a lot of knowledge, a lot of people that are outside of New Zealand that they are keen to come back to New Zealand because they have been under pressure, under stress, under whatever, and they want to do good stuff and they have a good place to work. Yeah. So by creating conditions for us to do good stuff in a smaller scale yeah. with the same resources that people have outside, yeah. New Zealand is a paradise for us. Yeah. So I have, I'm very excited about the future of analytics in New Zealand. Yeah. And I'm considering myself lucky because I'm, I have been studying a lot. And it's the first time of I can say I'm a computer science and it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Science is actually mm-hmm. being good. Yeah. We are seeing now, right now, yeah. with the COVID problem, that yeah. science is an important thing for the society. Yeah. So we have all, all here. Yeah. We have good science. We have enough data to do what we need to do. And we have enough technology in a very nice society. I agree with everything, actually. It's a bit of paradise sometimes, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I didn't respond technically because I think that's not a technical response. It's yeah. like, is a, is a, we need to want to do that, and mm-hmm. we are going to do that. The, mm-hmm. the work that we are doing, the AI forum is towards that. Like, let's yeah. create a framework that allows people to actually use AI and data and analytics to actually make New Zealand a leader in this space as well. Yeah. On that note as well, what do you see happening in the data space right now, of which not a lot of people know of, but you think will absolutely accelerate and take off? Not being only biased by my industry, but biased by my background and seeing, it's very simple. There is nothing more important than the relationships nowadays. Every single thing that we do, personalizing, Mm -hmm. is like, if you look like that and people look like that, Mm -hmm. you probably would act like that. So the relationship between people, relationship between products, relationship between... Every single thing is a very important thing you see in the social space as well. Yeah. I think graph databases are the next thing. So people are underestimating graph databases. You take Alibaba, Netflix, Google, every single of them use a graph database. Sometimes they call that knowledge graph. Sometimes they call it graph neural networks or whatever. There are so many names, but the point is relationship matter. And... In order to compute relationships, you need to have a very good graph database and a graph engine. You are not able to compute more than five degrees of separation in a relational database. Yeah. So this is gonna this is gonna be a big all right. What's this space? Yes. All right. Thank you so much for being here and coming over and uh, it's been great to hear your thoughts. It's been great talking to you. It's, well, it's, it's a great pleasure, it's very fun. And being here talking to you guys cool. making me feel younger again <laughs> as well so oh good thank you very much awesome you're welcome it's my pleasure <laughs> thanks for coming in today paolo thanks for joining us if you'd like to find out more about paolo or you'd like to hear any of the previous episodes in the series go to our website and you can also email us rtp at ranstad.co.nz next week we'll be joined by ali khan from auckland district health board Human Forward Randstad